Tonight, I want to lead you in a meditation on the gift of life that we have from our God, the fifth commandment. I'll invite you to read it, to recite it with me. It's on the screen. Let's read and recite this together. Just the whole, we'll read everything top to bottom, beginning with the title. Ready? The fifth commandment, you shall not murder. What does this mean? We should fear and love God that we do not hurt or harm our neighbor in his body, but help and befriend him in every bodily way. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you for your son Jesus, for his death on the cross, for his broken body, his resurrected body, which assures us of our own resurrected body. We pray, help us to understand what this fifth commandment means just a little bit more deeply tonight, that we might appreciate the gift of life that we have and that we might be able to serve and help our neighbor in their bodies as well. Lord God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. God, you are our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. I don't think I'm saying anything surprising when I say that our bodies are an incredible thing. Um, I don't think I have to work very hard to prove that to you. We could talk about our hands and think about how important it is for us not only to have four fingers, but also to have a thumb. What, What would it be like to write or to hold something if you didn't have this thumb? We could talk about the, the, I looked this up, like 60,000 miles worth of blood veins like running through our bodies. 28 feet worth of intestines, both large and small, inside of us. Um, Not to mention like all the synapses and the things happening in our brain. Not to mention the wide variety of body shapes and styles and colors and heights and depths and all these other things that that the human body, the, the capabilities of the human body just blow my mind. You know, back in my younger days, I, I, I completed an Ironman, which is 140.6 miles in one shot, swimming, biking, running in one day. You know, that, that, my body did that. I don't know that I want to put my body through that ever again, although it was kind of fun a couple weeks after I did it. You know, but, but our body's like adrenaline. You get a, a dr- you've heard stories, you get a, a rush of adrenaline, and you can lift things that you never thought was possible. I looked this up too. Um, the human body, if you, if you feed it nothing and only drink water, we could survive two to three months. I mean, there's variables that go into that, but we could survive that long without any food. If we don't drink water, we may, might not even make it a week. So water is really important. But you, I, I think you get the idea, and I don't think I'm saying anything surprising when I say that our bodies, these bodies that we have are really an incredible thing. I want to take that one step further tonight and say not only are our bodies an incredible creation of God, but they also matter. As we think about the fifth commandment today, I want to lay this this premise, this thesis, this sentence out for you today and and try to prove it to you, and I, I think I can. And the premise is this, your body, flesh and bones, your body and your life, they matter. Your body and your life, they matter. And I want to give you three reasons, and I'll try to be brief. Reason number one, this, this idea of body and life mattering, it's, it's, a, it's a plot line, if you will, a storyline that runs 
through all of Scripture. Okay, think about this with me. Just think this through. The first four words of the English Bible go like this. See if you can finish the last word number four. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. And I stop right there on purpose because you know the next word is created. But I start with in the beginning, God, because God is the source, the creator, the maker of, of all that is, all that was, all that ever will be. God was there before all things. And in the beginning then, God, and what did he do? He gave, he created the heavens and the earth. He gave form to what was formless. He took the seas and he put them there. I promise this isn't the first article sermon, but it partly will be. He put the seas where he wanted them to be. He gave them boundaries and said, stop right there. And he took mountains and he said, I want you to be there. He, he gave form. What I'm saying is he gave form to what was formless and then he filled up what was empty. Uh, on those plains, he put trees and vegetation and plants and flowers and vegetables. He filled up what was empty. He filled up the seas and the air and the land with animals. Right? He gave form to the formless. He filled up the empty. And then as the crown of creation, like the, the cherry on the top, he created people. With his own hands, if you will, he, he took dirt and he formed Adam. He created him. You know, with all the other animals, God spoke to Adam. God spoke and it came to be. But with Adam, God took dust and he formed him. And then he breathed by his spirit into him and gave him, and, and the man became a living being. And then in another special work of creation, God took a rib out of the man he had made and he made Eve. Right? See, God's giving life. He's giving bodies with fingers and toes. And it wasn't just the body that God gave to Adam and Eve. It was his image too. Right? God made Adam and Eve in his image. And he gave them a first command. Remember what it was? Make more life. He actually said it this way. Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and so do it. But what is God saying? At the very beginning, God is very concerned about body and life. And you know how the story goes. I, I, I promise not to rehearse the entire thing, but I do want to take you all the way to Revelation eventually. Remember chapter 4. Cain took Abel's life. He, he took him out in the field and he broke his head open with a rock. And his blood, the blood of his life, the blood of, blood of his broken body cried out to God against his brother. And remember how God felt about that life, that body that was broken, that life that was taken. We learn a little bit more about that when you get to after the flood. Remember what God said about body and life after the flood. He said, I will demand an account. I didn't realize this until I looked at it yesterday. I will we, we read, Gen look at this, Genesis 9. I will demand an accounting of every living thing for taking a life. It's not, so, so I, I haven't thought about this much, but I'm beginning to, and you can maybe think about it on your own later. But just think about what that means, that God is saying to an animal that takes a human life, to a human that takes a human life, of all of them, God says, I will demand an accounting. Because God, your life, your body and your life matter to God. And, and now fast forward with me. This, this whole, all of the Bible, and you can reflect on this if you will, all of the Bible is full of this death and life 
story. Not just spiritual, but also physical. And how does the story end in Revelation? In the last chapter, some of the last words, what does God say? To everyone who comes to drink, I will give life. What I'm trying to lay out for you is at least a beginning for you to reflect on this simple truth that throughout the Bible, God makes it clear your body and your life matter to me. Second reason, the, the, what's the object of the, the Bible teaching of the resurrection? It's your body. I, I don't know how often you think about that, how, how often you think about this, this very simple truth that our belief in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is also a belief in the bodily resurrection of Jesus, but also you and me from the dead. See, why, if, if our bodies didn't matter to God, why would, why would it matter if the resurrection happened at all? But the very simple fact that the Bible speaks to us and teaches us about the resurrection of the body, the life everlasting, as, as two separate teachings that are intimately, intimately related, we see that in the creed. They're two separate things, but they're very much connected. Your body matters. What does Daniel say? Everyone who sleeps in the dust will rise, some to everlasting shame and contempt, and some to everlasting life. So you start to get an application of this, don't you? If all people on the face of the earth, you and me and, everything, and everyone around us will be raised from the dead, physically, bodily, not just spiritually, but with, with these bodies, what does that mean about the life that we have now? And what does that mean about the life that they have now? It's, it's our time to know Jesus, to believe in Jesus, to, to hold him dearly, to share him, and so we think about our own lives. This is my time to know him and to believe in him. We think about their lives. This is their time to know him and believe in him. And so love for my neighbor, fifth commandment things, right? I don't want to do anything to shorten their life because that's their time to know Jesus. And I don't want to do anything to shorten my life because this is my time to know Jesus. There's something else here that's really marvelous when you think about the body and how God cares about it when you think about the resurrection from the dead. And I know I'm talking really fast right now. Sorry, I'll slow down. There's something else that's really neat. When God speaks about your resurrection from the death of the body, it will, I want to emphasize this, he makes it very clear that it will be your body. But it will be a glorified body. Think about 1 Corinthians 15. The body that is sown that is, is perishable, the body that is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is, see if you can fill in the blank. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't fill in the blanks because we might say different things. It is sown in, it is sown in weakness. It is raised in power, right? 
This body that we have, it's mortal, it's perishable, it's weak, it's, it's dust, it's ashes. But it will, this body that we have will be raised imperishable, immortal, glorious, powerful with Christ in all. So, so that's why we rightly say that those who die in the Lord will rise without any of the effects of sin ailing their bodies anymore. My sister has Down syndrome, and we tell her all the time, Eby, your, your knees won't be broken anymore. You, you won't be missing a chromosome or having an extra chromosome anymore. You'll be just the way you should have been from the very beginning. Right? So, you're, again, the premise, your body matters. Your body and your life matter to God because that's, I mean, it's the story that we see throughout Scripture. It's it's the, it's the object of the resurrection of the body, right? It, that's the whole point of that teaching. And the third one is, it's the care and concern that, God our, that our triune God has. Our triune God is concerned about and cares for our bodies. Our souls too, but I'm emphasizing the body tonight. Take God the Father. He's the one who made you. He's the one who took Adam from the dust of the earth. He's the one who took Adam with his hands and breathed into him the Holy Spirit so that he became a living being. He's the one who took a rib and made Eve. And it's not just Adam and Eve that God made in such a careful, intentional, intimate way. It's you too. How does the psalmist speak about the creation of your body? You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. In other words, your body and your life, yours, not just theirs, but yours, is God's special, intentional, creative, and creating work. And I say it that way on purpose because God is creative in making you like an artist. That's why each one of us is different. Different colors, different shapes, different looks, different sounds, different emotions, different, different internal wirings, different all the things that make us who we are because God is creative. And he's the one who's creating, making you exactly who you are. It's, your body matters because God the Father is the one who creates you. Your body matters because Jesus is the one who redeemed it. When Jesus came to die on the cross, he did not just come to save your soul. He came to save all of you, your, your whole being, body and soul. It's why he took on flesh. That's why he became like us in, in every way, humbling himself under everything, putting himself even under death so that we might live. See, your body is the concern and the care of Jesus' redemptive work. He came into this world to redeem you from sin for God, to be God's own dear child. All of you has been redeemed for him. All of you. And when I say all of you, I mean the entirety of you. Not all of you, although it also applies to all of you. Sorry, English is so imprecise. Sorry, leave that behind. Your body has been redeemed by Jesus 
all the way through and through. See, the Father is concerned about your body. He's concerned about its care. Jesus is concerned for your body, its redemption. And think about this. The Holy Spirit is also concerned about your body, so much so that he has inhabited it. What does Paul say in 1 Corinthians? Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. See, all of you, were, you gave up trying to fill in the blanks because you weren't sure what I was going to say next. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. He has sanctified this body to be a place where he lives. Your body to be a place where he lives. To be a place where he moves with all his Holy Spirit power. So that you might, through all of your members, right? Uh, just imagine, just, just try to visualize this for a minute. You know, you know sometimes you have these superhero movies where they, they start to like pierce light through all their fingers. Right? That's kind of a weird image, but just think about the Holy Spirit living in you and now moving powerfully through all, all every part of you. As a person who has been redeemed by Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in you and now moves in every part of you. In our committal, in our committal services, we, we, say, we say this about the triune God. May God the Father who created this body, may God the Son who redeemed this body together with the soul, May God, the Holy Spirit, who sanctified this, this body to be his temple, keep these remains to the day of the resurrection of all flesh. Right? See, your body matters because the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit care about what's going on with it from beginning to end so that the Holy Spirit even will, we give credit to the Holy Spirit to rise, raise the dead on the last day. So, no, okay, so what's the connection to the, whole, to, to the fifth commandment? So this is the homework you have. Okay, here's the homework. If your body, since your body, say it with a since statement because it's not an if, since your body is cared for by the Father, created by him, has been redeemed by Jesus, has been sanctified, and is a temple for the Holy Spirit, how will you take care of it to honor him? And how will you use it to honor him? See, we often think about the fifth commandment and how am I going to help my neighbor take care of their body? How am I going to protect their body? That's, that's that. That's the next question. But what about mine? My body is a gift from God and I want to take care of it the best that I can so that I can serve him the best that I can. So since, since my body is a gift from God, he cares about it, how am I going to use it and care for it for the glory of God? Second question since their body and their life matter to God, how am I going to care about them in their body and life so that I might serve them and that they might know him? How am I going to, as we said in the explanation, how will I help and befriend them in every bodily need? How will I protect them from harm and danger? How will I meet them in their need? Because my life matters to God, your life matters to God, and so does theirs. And so we can simply say at the end of this, God, help us do that for ourselves and, and for them as we live for him. Amen?